2: the Knicks, a very difficult team for me to put my money on <laughs> right now. We've seen a lot of bad Knicks showing. And of course, uh, Derrick Rose not coming back makes it even worse for New York. At no point in his career, not in college in Kansas, not at any point in Philadelphia, has he played with a guy like Harden who is every bit as ball dominant as he is.
1: On the SportsGrid Radio Network, it's Cover It with Teddy Covers
2: oh yeah it's that time welcome in cover it with teddy covers here on sirius xm channel 159 the sports grid radio network over the course of the next hour we're going to get to hang out with my good buddy hakeem prophet at ski profit that's s-k-e-e that's his nickname his real name's hakeem we all call him ski at ski profit on twitter we're going to break down NBA post-All-Star break. And I'm excited about this discussion. I really am. In my mind, this is the best time of the season. Certainly of the regular season to be betting the NBA. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. But with Ski, look, we're going to talk about how he breaks down a card. How he evaluates line moves. Whether you like sides, totals, props. What he does when he's in good form. What he does when he's in bad form. And yes, we'll talk about bet on, bet against over and under teams over the back half of the NBA campaign. So it should be an interesting and informative discussion with ski profit. Before we get into ski, I want to talk about there's one team that stands out to me right now, post-All-Star break in the NBA, as being a significantly overvalued commodity. That team is the Phoenix Suns. They're currently, based on the current betting market numbers, They are the favorites to win the West. They have the second shortest odds to win the NBA Finals. These are Caesars numbers from here in Vegas. They're ahead of the Denver Nuggets to win the West. They're behind only the Celtics to win the NBA title. Coming out of the All-Star break, Phoenix is in the fifth seed in the West, which means they don't even get home court edge in the first round. They have the 12th best record in the NBA. They're more than 10 games behind the Celtics. And the Nuggets, in that regard. But it's clear, (laughs) post-trading deadline, the money has come for Phoenix in the big picture. Look, last year the Suns had the best record in the NBA. Of course, last year's team might have been better than this year's team. Certainly from an injury standpoint it has been. I mean, the, the Suns have had more than their fair share of injuries this season. But, let's be real. Those injuries aren't going anywhere. All right, Chris Paul is going to be 38 this spring. Okay, there aren't many guys like LeBron James who still play at the top uh, of their game at his age. And if you watch Chris Paul night in night out, you see it. I see it. He's not the player that he was. He's not the player that he was even three or five years ago. All right, so that is a uh, call it a void for Phoenix, and a void that will get worse the more games he plays. Uh, Further on, the the reason you know Chris Paul's never been in the finals, etc., etc. It's not like he's played his best basketball in the postseason, and I'm not convinced that this year's team's going to be a whole lot different. All right. Devin Booker's missed 28 games this season. He has missed double-digit games four times in the last six years. And Durant, of course, has missed significant time. Each of the last four years, Kevin Durant has missed significant playing time. And he's recovering from a major injury now. He's not going to be back in the lineup, you know, who knows, maybe next week, maybe the week after. I'm sure it'll take some time to acclimate Kevin Durant into the lineup. So, you have a big three for Phoenix, all of whom have significant injury concerns and injury histories. Two of the three are older players with significant, uh, you know, not like the, the Booker's a spring chicken, but he's not uh, Durant's age or Chris Paul's age. But maybe the bigger issue for Phoenix is everything they gave up. <laughs> you know, I know that Jay Crowder hadn't played this year for the Suns. They hadn't played this year for the Suns because Phoenix didn't view him as a key portion of their equation, which I don't fully understand. Um, last year, when the Suns were the best record in the league, Crowder was a top 25 defensive player. So was uh, Michael Bridges, for that matter, who they dealt off. To get Durant at the deadline. They're starting Torrey Craig. Right now. In the line. They're starting Josh Okogie. Right now. Alright. These are not players who should be starting on championship caliber teams. When you look at the bench. For the Phoenix Suns. This has been a positive unit. In every recent season. You look at the Suns bench right now. Yeah. There's some interesting pieces to the equation. You know. I think TJ Warren's going to help. But. This is not a unit that is primed (laughs) to be able to dominate on both ends of the floor the way the Suns bench has in recent years. And of course, we call it the halfway point of the NBA season, the All-Star break. It's not the halfway point. It's not even the two-thirds point. It's like the three-quarters point. There is a sprint from here to the playoffs. It's what, uh, 20, 22 games for most teams. Everyone's played close to 60 games already. Um, So it's not like... The playoffs start in six weeks. <laughs> the NBA, maybe seven weeks. It's not far down the road. So to say, all right, let's take a bench that was completely remade. Let's take a bunch of veterans and stick them together. And, oh, by the way, play together well. And let's make it happen so that you're going to be good enough to not just come out of the West, but to win the whole thing. I'm not buying it. This is an average defensive team at best right now. And the Suns have been great. They've been an elite defensive team. In my mind, Phoenix, arguably the most overvalued commodity in the league. Coming out of the break.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: welcome back cover it with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 159 the Sports Grid radio and network i'm excited by my next guest I, I i feel like i feel like i should talk to ski like every day on this show every week on this show cuz there aren't many guys whose opinions in the nba i respect as much as this man's let's bring him in right here right now hakeem Prophet, they call you ski welcome to the program my
1: friend how are you today I'm doing all right, Teddy. It's always good to come and talk NBA with you especially and I appreciate the kind words. I respect your opinions and, you know, uh, we we do a good job together, so I'm always here for it.
2: Sure, sure. Now, that that doesn't mean I don't mind fading you at (laughs) times. But uh, uh, certainly, uh, I like it better when you and I have comparable opinions. And I want to ask you this. So, you're right now, you live here uh, where I live, in Las Vegas, but you're stuck back east in the cold and dismal uh, weather in Detroit right now. You're stuck there, what, till uh, till Sunday.
1: Um, bad weather? And how do you like living in the cold? Extremely bad weather. I'm not used to this. First of all, yes, I live in Las Vegas, but I'm from Los Angeles. And we don't get temperatures down in the 30s and 20s. So this is a bit new to me. I'm not enjoying it that much, but it's okay. I'm doing other things that I'm enjoying. I went to a Red Wings game last night. I'll go to a Pistons game tomorrow, and I'll check out maybe an EMU game tomorrow as well. So I'll find some things to do while I'm out here in this uh, storm or cold.
2: Yeah, yeah, I hear you. There's a, so, you know, I went to school in Ann Arbor, and after I graduated, I actually lived up north uh, before I moved out to Vegas, and the last winter – I'm like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm
2: never doing this again. Uh, you know, I'm like, I've, I've bitched and moaned about it, bitched and moaned about it. It ain't happening anymore. And that was 90, that was a winter of 97 into 98. I've been in Las Vegas uh, ever since. So uh, let's start with this. Enough complaining about the weather. The weather's crappy everywhere. Uh, stay safe out there if you're dealing with bad traveling conditions. Stay home. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. Alright, we're just coming out of the All-Star break. When you look at a uh, an NBA card, a virgin card, we'll call it, the first night of the season or the first day after the All-Star break, what do you do? Explain your process for how you start betting on the NBA. You know there are so many newbie bettors out there, so many intermediate level bettors out there. I like to give them some semblance of an idea. How do you get going doing this? How do you break down an NBA card?
1: A lot of questions there. If we're talking specifically, <laughs> let's say specifically after All-Star break, sure. I want to try to find teams that are desperate for wins and not only just being desperate, but teams that are capable, too. Um, I'm sure you know we can talk about a few of those teams as we go along, but that's the first thing I'm looking for. Other than that, I'm looking for teams who have been doing really well already the first half of the season or a little bit more than the first half now. And they're in a position to just cruise. They're worried more about staying healthy. Um, they already have the seating, etc. They just want to make it to the playoffs with all of their players. I feel like those teams are the kind that you fade as far as against the spread. And then i like to find teams who I feel have maybe a little bit of the same thing. Over or under Chief, Um a couple of teams, you know, if we start to talk about bet on or, or fade teams, we can get into it a little bit more. But specifically after the All-Star break, we want to find – The changes to some of these teams and um, how we can bet on them moving forward. So that's what my first, um, that's what I look at first.
2: Yeah, I mean, and my take on that question is is I'm going to go through every game every night. It's just what I do. You know, the night, uh, at some point, oftentimes it's earlier in the afternoon, sometimes it's later at night, but I'm going to go through, I make my lines for the next day's games. And as I do that, I'm kind of paying attention. Hey, I want to look at this side. Hey, I want to look at this total. I make an initial short list for games that I'm going to focus on, and I already know when I make my numbers. There's probably you know half the games on the card I'm not even going to look at. You know, they're not uh, they're, uh, There's a reason why I'm not betting on or against them. There's a reason why I'm not looking at the total. So from a side, and again, this isn't for player props. This is much more for side total uh, that we're talking about here. Uh, but you know, with a first look. I'm probably throwing out anywhere between a third and a half of the games, and then I got the other ones that I'm going to focus in on for that particular night. But a lot of it for me is where are they being priced, current form versus where the markets are seeing these teams as being, and you know you find the difference between current form and 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 uh, market pricing. I mean, the team that stands out to me all year has been Orlando. You know, they started 5 and 20 straight up, and they were priced as bottom feeders. In the last three months, they played 500 level basketball being priced like a bottom feeder. And you find teams that do that. You can bet on them again and again and again. Any thoughts on, on my process, uh,
1: Ski? Well, it's very similar to how I approach NBA on the daily. Uh, I mean, recent performance is the number one thing I look at um, to handicap every sport, really and in the nba specifically i look at pace offensive rating defensive rating and rebound percentage and i like to look at the last five games because it tells me about you know how teams are doing the last week and a half or two so i do take that into consideration it's just when we have a break like this six days off you know i don't really care too much how they were doing you know m- before the break i want to know sure after the break after they played a few games if they can continue um that kind of a performance and I'll mention, you know, a couple of other things that I look at on the daily. I'm looking at, I mean, if, if you have a big point spread, I want to know, can the team win by margin? Do they do, do the things that matter? Do they shoot the three well? Do they defend the three well? Because if they do, that's how you blow a team out. If they don't, I'm not i am not laying seven, eight, nine points with that kind of a team. So that's the second thing I look at. And obviously, I mean, I learned these from from you and, you know, a lot of other great people that we work with. But there's situations and spots in every sport, whether it's rest advantage, revenge games, whether it's for a player or a team. Um, I, I want to look at teams that are tired if they came off an overtime game. I want to look at teams who have been traveling forever and just want to go home. I want to look at teams who have been traveling forever and it's their first game home because I feel like that's a flat spot. They have Everybody has a family. When they get home after being gone for two weeks or so, a lot of things that you have to take care of and your mind not be your mind might not be as focused on just the game. so I'm looking at that. I pull up my systems. Our good friend uh, Ralph Michaels and, and amongst others have taught me some of these things and I like to look at I mean we get this more in the NBA nowadays with teams playing twice in the short time frame and um, I'll play those games accordingly um, depending on how the market adjusts the numbers. That's a good
2: little recap, <laughs> right there, Ski. And something that stands out to me—that first game back off a uh, off a long trip. When a team actually steps up and plays well in that game, I like to fade them the next game because the ne- that flat spot's coming. You know, you're going to have to yeah. d- uh, deal with your uh, your wife or your ex-wife or your ex-girlfriend or whatever off-court distractions at some point. When you're able to focus them out for that first game back, a lot of times you see that second game back be a sneaky little flat spot. Uh, Agree or disagree?
1: I agree 100%. Um, Yeah, if you don't get it that first game, don't be scared to go back to it that second game. And I just want to also mention, because I feel like I'm doing a disservice if I don't, with the NBA nowadays, the first thing you look at should be the injury report because it's changing constantly and um, you want to know how each team performs with or without the players that are going to be in the lineup so you can make your bets accordingly throughout the day.
2: See, I've... I want to push back on that a little bit cuz I find that the NBA overreacts to injuries more than any other sport. And you always see the team the tire the star player's sitting, they step up, their opponent lets down and you see competitive games that that in theory should be blowouts.
1: Um, do you ever play the teams that uh, that are missing the stars? Yeah, we've seen a lot of that this year specifically and I mean, I'll just put it to this. We've heard or I've heard Jay Mon say it's hard to get up every single night, 82 games, especially when you're looking on the other side and it's a team that you know you should be beating easily. So I agree. You know, teams start to not want to play those games anymore and you can play the other side, but I still want to know. Like, for example, the Grizzlies without Steven Adams, they're not very good defensively and they give up a lot more points. You can maybe take advantage of total of more than five.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on the Grizzlies as being a team... You can take advantage of it right now. We'll talk about that more when coverage continues.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. we got extended time today with my good friend Hakeem Prophet Ski Profits what we call him. That Ski with two E's uh, on Twitter. And Ski, we were talking before the break about how we break down an NBA card. I want to ask you specifically now about line moves. Are you someone that will never bet a game if the line moves against you? Are you someone that with the information comes out that warrants the line move? Or if it's not big enough, uh, that as you think it should be, you'll, you will take make a bet when it's not the best of the number. Tell us
1: how you evaluate line moves. That's a very good question. Well, first of all, yeah, I mean, for every game, I pretty much make my own numbers before I even look at the market. So mm-hmm. I do that, and I compare my number to the market number, and then once I start to see that movement, the first thing I'm asking myself is why is it moving? I don't really care that it's moved. I want to understand why it's moving. Is it travel issues? It could be like the uh, the Blazers game was it yesterday, where they were stuck in a blizzard and couldn't travel until uh, you know, shortly before the game. Is that maybe why? Is it an injury problem? What, uh, weather doesn't really come into play for NBA, but. Um, you get what I'm saying. It could be an interview where the coach has said something that you know could be used for the game. So I want to understand why. And I will not play a game that's moving like that until I do understand why. Um, did, did that answer your question? Yeah.
2: I, I mean, my, my two cents is I would rather wait until the line is finished moving and bet it back the other way <laughs> against the line move than to try to get the, the to be, you know, running around chasing and gets uh, bets, trying to uh, get it the best of the number. I have no hesitation well, fading big market moves in the NBA, even sometimes when they feel really awkward to fade. I'm sorry, Ski, you were going to say something there?
1: Well, that goes to the point that we were talking about earlier with the, you know, overreaction to the injury report. Um, you can yep. come back the other way then. I would just say, like, a lot of people worry um, are just looking at, you know, who's better in these games. And if I can't figure out why the line is moving, like I don't care about the sharp and and square. I just want to know, like if it's a sport that I'm less knowledgeable about, I might care more about it, but I I trust my handicap more than anything else. And if it's a line move that I feel will continue to move, I'll still play it. If it's a line move that I feel is at, you know, the end of the movement, I'm not going to take the ass end of the line for lack of a better term. So that's just how (laughs) I approach it.
2: Sure, and you and I are both of the same ilk, and we actually we like watching this stuff. You know, you've got NBA on your TV most nights. I've got NBA on my TV most nights. So these aren't teams that are just a bunch of statistics for us. They're teams with coaches and players and personalities. You talked a little bit there about sharp, square. I mean, do you worry about that stuff at all, consensus numbers, or is that a non-factor for you? I, I mean, it
1: does. The thing is the people are betting it because they know information. It's not just a sharp or a square. They're betting it because they know something that everybody else doesn't know. So I will care more about it in sports that I'm not as familiar with. Like in the NBA, I've been betting I've been betting it for a long time, but I've been watching it all my life. Like it, it's been almost thirty years of watching basketball. So I trust my process and, and my handicap more than um somebody else in the NBA. But let's say if it's hockey or soccer i would trust the sharp guys a little bit more if that makes sense
2: i don't know the sharp guys make money in the nba i know they bet injuries every night uh <laughs> I, I, i'd be i'd be real interested uh, to see some uh, some balance sheets from uh, from some of these quote-unquote so-called wise guys when it comes to uh beating the nba and i'm with you i don't worry that much about sharp score divide i don't worry that much about consensus maybe if it's a tv game you know, uh, you know, meaning meaning an ESPN game or an ABC game or something like that. Those are games. If you have a significant consensus, 75% plus, maybe it'll talk me off of one side, but it's never going to put me on the other. Uh, so it's not. You know, you can always find something to fill your brain with questions. <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, in the NBA, I try to not focus so much. I don't. F- I haven't found that fading the public. Works in the NBA at a level that it does perhaps in a sport like the NFL. Um, sides, totals, props. What's your what, What's your uh, What's your mo here? Which one do you like better? Do you like all three? And and, and talk a little bit about each type of wager: sides versus totals versus props. Um, how you uh, How you evaluate between the three?
1: Well, I like them all. There's are different advantages to each. I'll say with the way the NBA is now, we've talked about the injury report quite a bit. I mean, if you don't want to deal with that, you can just play player props, right? Um, and if your player does not go for that contest, you get your money back. So I think that's a good way to approach it. And um, in general, between the sides and totals, like I said, I like them both. But I'll say this, in playoffs, I think I like to play totals a little bit more than the regular season. And the reason is because the coaches they talk more and they let you know what the game plan is and how they expect to approach the next contest. Um, For example, they'll say little things like we need to speed up or we need to go and attack before the defense is set, or we're going to change this or change that. And a lot of times you can pick up little things as far as how the pace is going to go for the next game. So last year, I know I did really good in NBA playoff totals and that is the way that I did it. Just really listening to the coaches and, you know, going with how I know the teams to be. And then the, I mean, it can also be the same for sides when you get to the playoffs. For myself, my advantage is I've been around basketball. I've played basketball all my life. I watch the games over and over, about three times each, and I get to see the actions that these guys are running, and I get to predict um, what changes or what they can do to stop it, and, you know, I think I have a pretty good edge doing that. So whatever – everybody is different. Whatever you feel your edge is strongest, um, that's how you should rock. If I had to choose, I would say I like totals more in playoffs. I like player props and sides more during the regular season.
2: Yeah, I know that player props are something that you focused on a lot more this year than in years past. Talk about why. I mean, what is it about the player props that that uh, where you're seeing value night in night out? The advantage of player props—you don't have to worry about a whole team. Disadvantage: the juice tends to be a little bit higher, and a lot of times with the over, you're paying a little bit of a premium. Um, And from a work standpoint, you can handicap a game (laughs) or two teams, and it's not the same as handicapping each individual player on those two teams. So certainly when you do more props, I think it is more time consuming and does take uh, more work. But talk about your general strategy for uh, beating props uh, in the NBA. What are you looking for? And what are you looking
1: not for? You know, what are you looking to bet against? Well, there's a lot of things. I'll say this to start before I forget. Um, To the point that you were saying, the NBA is not really the sharp league. Like, a lot of people don't really, or the sharp guys don't really like to follow the narrative. But NBA is really a narrative league. Like, as far as players coming back to face their old teams or just any beef that's been going on, these guys remember it. And I'll play it. Like, if I know when Dale Carter Jr. is going back to play the Bulls, he goes and destroys them every single time. If I know a player <laughs> plays well when they go back home to their hometown. I'm going to look to play them there. Outside of the narrative type, I do just you know match up just like every other sport. Let's say, for example, the Brooklyn Nets. I know they're the second-worst rebounding team in the league, so when I see them on a schedule, I'm seeing if there's somebody who can go over the rebound prop on the other side or we'll look at a team who's bottom 10 defending the three there could be somebody who's been knocking down four three-point makes, you know, versus bottom 10 three-point defenses. I'm just matching them up like that. Um, it, it's pretty much one plus one equals two as far as some of these player props in the way that I approach it.
2: Interesting. Interesting discussion there with the props, the sides, and the totals. So I want to ask you this. You're stuck in Detroit. Or not stuck. You're enjoying your extra <laughs> time in Detroit. <laughs> in the Detroit metropolitan area uh, in February. Uh, do you ever take a day off during the season? Uh, does, it, does it ever happen? Or is this, you know, it's just balls to the wall from here to the, the end of the finals?
1: Well, all-star break is really the only time, I, like, I get a real break. That's the only reason I already traveled right now and, and did some of the things that I'm doing. It's the only time I get a real break during the NBA season. I mean, after NBA, I'm getting into MLB, WNBA is going those both last through the summer and then we're back to football and then we're back to nba again so i try my best enjoy just a week of all-star break that we get and the only other time i would possibly take a break is on a weekend when i don't really have that many shows to do so if i'm in a <laughs> slump or something like that i i'll take time to recharge sometimes you have to let your brain recharge, or otherwise you'll just drain yourself and keep making bad decisions
2: yeah, and that's one of the most important things to talk about right here. We got about a minute uh, before the break, but uh, I wanted to ask you about it. You know, when you're when you're in good form, when you're in good rhythm, are you betting more? And what do you do when you're struggling? You know, when you're in the midst, uh, when, when you're in the midst of a skid. Because I know personally, sometimes the single best thing I like to do walk away for a day, just pass, don't even look at it. You know, you're struggling, all everything's going wrong, you're making all the wrong decisions. Give it 24 hours, come back and give it another look i uh, got a minute before the break. Go to town. I asked you 15 questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I agree with what you said there. Um, you, you hit it right on the head. It's okay, and it's sometimes necessary for you to take a break and just refresh when you're in a slump. I got that. If you don't, it's going to affect your mental, and you're going to make those bad decisions. Now, when you're seeing the board well, it's a little bit different. You know my, my saying or my term, Teddy, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So if, if you're seeing that board, and it may you want to maximize your hot streaks and, and your edges before the market is because
2: the market is not going to let you. Yeah, maximizing hot streaks a big piece of the equation. And when you're seeing things clearly, ski nailed it. You bet a little bit more, and you probably some of those opinions get you get to the betting window with them as opposed to leaving them in the lean category. Much more with Ski Product coming up next. Covering continues after this.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: We're on your TV, we're on your radio. We're on your phone. Go to Twitter. And give us a follow at SportsGrid. at Sports TV, at Sports Radio, and stay on the grid everywhere you go. Again, at SportsGrid. at Sports TV, at Sports Radio on Twitter. All worthy of a follow. Today's guest, Hakeem Profit at Ski Profit on Twitter. That's S K E E double Ski Profit, like ski ball. On Twitter, and you can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. In the intro to the show today, Ski, I did a big long diatribe about how I don't think the Phoenix Suns are valued properly in the betting marketplace right now. A team that has aging, injury riddled vets, very little depth, a bench that's real dicey, and oh, they're number two in. Uh, <laughs> in terms of money uh, for the uh, the shortest odds to win the title this year um, and the uh, top uh, the shortest odds in the, all of the West to win the title this year so I think right now Phoenix is something of an overvalued commodity when it comes to the NBA down the stretch do you have a bet against team that you want to talk about and talk to me about basic strategy like the last 20 25 games of the season what do we do at this time of the year
1: um, well, a couple of questions there. I want to touch on really quick, if it's okay, on that Phoenix Suns. I think yeah. you made a couple of good points there, Teddy. Um, I mean, this is a team – we've seen Kevin Durant. He, he's been injured how many times over the past few years? It's not a guarantee that he's going to be there for the entirety of the playoffs. Same can be said with Chris Paul. He's getting up there in age, and we've seen him you know, kind of fall apart the longer the playoffs go on. So I don't – and also, I mean, Devin Booker just coming off of an injury. He's been injured the past couple of years. I don't know that that's the team I want in my pocket, especially at the shortest odds, to win the title. Don't even really have all the chemistry yet. I know um, it, they still have some of the same guys from that run that they made. But, I mean, just look at this Brooklyn team. Everybody thought they were going to cruise right to the finals and win, and they didn't get anywhere close. So I would pump the brakes on thinking that the Phoenix Suns are just going to walk away with the trophy that easily this season. And you asked me about... Um, my process this last stretch of the season. Yeah, it's just a, a, a little it.
2: basic strategy for the for the back end of the campaign. Um, you know, is is there anything, you know, just like we talk about basic strategy for blackjack or basic strategy, uh, for lots of what do you have a basic strategy for NBA down the stretch? Because this is one time of the year, personally, where it's gonna be really hard to get my money on a tanking team at this time of the year, but. I also like going against this whole, oh we want to improve our seeding scenario. That's not a money winning proposition. I like to bet against the teams that people are saying, oh they want to get their seeding up. So I'm fading the bottom feeders and I'm fading the teams that are have been mediocre and are supposedly trying to step up their level of play down the stretch. Do you have a basic strategy for what you like to do down the stretch of an NBA campaign?
1: Yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but I'm I'm in line with you here, Teddy. Um, the teams, it, it's a little bit similar, maybe a little bit different, but the teams who are in a position to cruise to the playoffs, like maybe the Nuggets, I feel like you know they just about have that one C locked up. I don't think they're going to care too much to win these games by margin. I don't think they're going to trot everybody out there every single night. I think they care about keeping Jamal Murray healthy, keeping you know Aaron Gordon healthy, and obviously making sure. Not that Joker has injury concerns, but making sure he stays out there. So I think those are the kind of teams that we fade against the spread. Um, I get what you're saying about moving up a little bit in the standings. I kind of want to play on some of those teams, but it's more of the teams that are desperate to get in. Those are going to be my bet on teams, teams that are like in the playing tournament range or fighting to get into that range or even just into the regular playoffs. Those are the ones, or at least the ones that are capable. Um, I'm sure during this segment we'll talk specifically about bet-on teams, and I'll mention those and and fade teams as well. How about right now? Simple.
2: (laughs) Give me a bet-on team or two down the stretch. Who stands out to you as someone who's hungry
1: and capable? Well, if if, if you guys know me, this one won't surprise you. First one is going to be the Lakers, Teddy. And it has (laughs) to be just because... I'm with you. Number one, the trades they made at the deadline... They improved this roster tremendously. You now have a guard who can score, who can space the floor a lot better for Anthony Davis and LeBron James than Russell Westbrook did, and I'm talking about D'Angelo Russell. Um, and he can also close out a game. We've already seen them do that since we've been back in the Lakers uniform. We've added even more three-point shooting with Malik Beasley, and that's going to open up you know, a lot more offensive opportunities for Anthony Davis to dominate in the paint and for LeBron to get down there and have success as well. So I like that. Um, and also, Vanderbilt. I mean, he's a he's a big piece because he can defend one through five. He's going to do all the dirty work, and he's just a winning player. So I like all of the trades that they made. You listen to the guys talk. LeBron James says this is the you know most important what twenty three twenty four games of his career. He says missing the postseason twice is not in his DNA. So to me, everything is just lining up as a team that's going to take every game extremely serious. And right now. They're healthy. For a lot of the season, You know, we weren't seeing Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the court together. We have them right now for the last portion of the season unless you know barring any injuries. So all that together, I think the Lakers are in line to make their backers some money down the stretch. For what it's worth, uh, I
2: went back a month ago and looked at my power ratings compared to today. No team I have with a bigger jump over the last month. Than the L.A. Lakers, I'm with you, and they got a whole lot better. Anyone else stand out, or should we go to the bet against right here? Lakers, uh, I I think I'm with you as being legit and a team we can actually potentially make money with. Someone else stand out, or should we move to the uh, bet against piece of the equation?
1: There is another team that I'm interested in, and it's a little bit of the same, kind of different. But I look at the Wizards here, and I just feel like for a lot of the year— they were not really that healthy. Like, you have had Bradley Beal out of the lineup. I know Kuzma's been out a little bit. Porzingis has been in and out. But as of right now, they're about as healthy as they've been. You look at how they were playing um, recently. I mean, they won four of their last five games going into the break. They've won five of their last seven games as an underdog. So they're getting good prices on this team. And it's a team that is still in the – they can still make it into the play-in and into the playoffs. And they have a really soft schedule. For this second half of the season, or last twenty, however many games they have left in the season, so I think the Wizards will still get good prices, um, underdog prices, and I think we should take advantage.
2: Kyle Kuzma, in my mind, might be having the most underrated season in the entire league. All right, he's been the best player on that team when healthy. He's been unbelievable. He drives the offense, he drives the defense. He's been there, you know, the straw that uh, the straw that stirs the drink, and I, I've been. Nothing but impressed with uh, Kyle Kuzma's level of play. And we don't think about uh, Washington having a big three. Bill Porzingis and Kuzma, that's a big three. Um, Wizards and the Lakers, potential moneymaker. What about bet against? Give me a bet against team or two down the stretch. Who can we make money with fading
1: right now? Well, you've been making money if you've been fading the Grizzlies ever since Stephen Adams has been out of the lineup. They're 4-10 and 10 their last 14 games and like i said that coincides with when he was injured when they're a road dog without stephen adams they're allowing north of 125 points per game and they don't even have a winning record on the road so as long as he's out of the lineup and especially when they're on the road i'll look to continue fading this grizzlies team and outside of that i think the bulls are fade. their chemistry is miserable over there i don't remember the last time they covered a game i know they failed to cover six straight going into the break and all they did was add Patrick Beverly. I mean, they didn't make any moves at the deadline. And I hope they don't think he's their savior because uh, I hate to break it to him, he's not moving the needle any bit. So I think the Bulls will continue to be money burners. I think the Grizzlies will also continue to be money burners until Stephen Adams is back into the lineup.
2: So you and I are agreeing on too much today. I like to. Uh, I want to push back <laughs> on you, and I can't push back. All I've been doing is betting against Memphis. And you talked about their road. I think I got them on 0-8, their last eight tries on the road against a team with a 500 or better record. They're just not playing well on the highway. And obviously we saw the collapse uh, against the 76ers in that first game uh, after the All-Star break in Chicago. <laughs> Patrick Beverly is an interesting addition. You know, they do need a spark plug. But it feels to me like the Rosen's worn down and Zach Levine... Right now, let me talk about max contract guys that maybe not deserving what they're making. <laughs> oh, for Zach Levine, I think that contract might be an albatross uh, around the Chicago Bulls necks for many years to come. All right, give me something you're targeting for today on Sunday in the NBA. I know it's still a little bit uh, early, but anything stand out to you I'll, uh, uh, that, uh, for uh, an early look? That's Sunday's card,
1: yeah, it's a little bit early, but uh, let's see. I talked about earlier the Nets; they're the second worst rebounding team. I know they will be playing the Atlanta Hawks. Maybe you look towards the Capella rebound prop. I'm not sure what the number is. I haven't been playing on him consistently, but I definitely want to, you know, bet for somebody to grab those boards versus the Nets. And other than that, I'll maybe look towards the Lakers and the Mavericks. Mavericks are going to be one of my over teams in the second half. Ever since they got Kyrie, they're playing faster. They're moving the ball. And Luca's buying into that whole playing faster and and not just slowing it down. So you hear Jason Kidd talking about they're going to have to outscore teams. Don't see a whole lot of defense down the second half of the stretch for the Mavericks. And I think that Lakers-Mavericks game will be an over. You can target Sabonis maybe on his rebound prop versus OKC. They're a bottom-10 rebounding team. And there was Vucevic. Um, He's been clearing his rebound prop pretty consistently.
2: Alright, i got to give up on Ski there, man. We've had, uh, look, tons of great info. And I really appreciate it. Bet-ons, bet-against, and I agree with all four. The bet-ons, Lakers, and Wizards. Bet-against, Grizzlies, and Bulls. But unfortunately, he was having some connection issues. More problems in Detroit. So we're going to have to leave him alone for today. Of course, you can find Ski Profit on Twitter at Ski Profit. S-K-E-E Profit. Uh, you follow him. You can find him at WagerTalk.com. And he's a guy, like I said, pretty good at breaking down the NBA. When we come back, I've got a bettable opinion for you. Early start action today. Stay tuned. Coverage continues after this.
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com and we're in the home stretch
2: of cover it with teddy covers if you enjoyed the radio show portion of the program. Check out the podcast version. All right, let's start with this. The same show, nothing different. Well, there is one different with the podcast version. You can download and consume it at your convenience. If you missed any portion of today's show, if you want to go back and listen to last week's show, or last month's show, or last year's show, or any show I've ever done for the Sports Grid Radio Network, just search Cover It, or Cover It With Teddy Covers, wherever you download your podcasts download and consume at your convenience. We do two of these shows every week and they're all available for download whatever you download your podcast. I'm going to give you guys a battle opinion and look, <laughs> there was already a team we've talked about at the Open who I don't think is going to be as good as the markets think they are right now. That team's the Phoenix Suns. They're in Milwaukee facing a team that I consider to be as good as any in the league right now. As healthy. And I know there's some questions about Giannis. And John. I don't care if Giannis suits up or not. I really don't. Alright. The Bucks are deep. They are talented. Jay Crowder against his former team. I'm interested in seeing that. Bobby Portis healthy again. Yeah. Milwaukee's the way to go in this one. and <laughs> Not just in this one, maybe moving forward as well. But Phoenix, absolutely on my bet against list. Milwaukee, most assuredly on my bet on list. And when list a, team from list A meets a team from list B, and it's a big game like this one, no question where I'm going to go. Bucks or pass for this better. Again, that is the early TV game for today on Sunday. And that's going to wrap it. For Cover It with Teddy Covers this week. I want to thank Steve Proff for taking time out of his day to join us. I want to thank you out there in listener land for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. We'll do it again next week, same time, same channel. Between now and then,
0: you guys know what to do. Enjoy the games and best of luck with your waitress.